Bless the feast and the children. For in this world they have no voice. They have no choice. Bless the feast and the children. Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
good Tuesday morning, St. Louis, and all points north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. If you're looking for another less honest show, you should look somewhere else. But right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com, we do a live show Monday through Friday, The Unvarnished Truth, brought to you, supported by facts and evidence. Our podcast, of course, is available right here on our website shortly after the show is completed, as well as Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, Anchor, and any other places you listen to podcasts. You'll find us. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636-538-0746. I entrust that you had a very happy Halloween yesterday, and if you have children, young children, I bet you had fun going out with them, maybe the grandchildren. Some folks uh, in recent years have taken to having a fire pit on their driveway, some barbecue hot dogs. A friend of mine would grill hot dogs all evening and give hot dogs out as, as the parents came by. So it's still a fun night, even though the woke crowd has tried to destroy it by telling you what costumes you can and can't wear. We'll get Bill Maher's take on that, and I think you'll find it funny. I hope you'll find it funny. One of the reasons that the Democrats are keeping Biden under wraps this campaign season is because he doesn't know how many states there are in the union. That's one reason. You'll also hear from media liberals who don't want him out. They want Obama. And we have Obama going on the campaign trail in his arrogant, pompous way, screaming like a banshee all of the lies that he's been telling for over a decade now. The greatest race baiter in the history of our country. That's right. Better, better at race baiting than Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. Or Benjamin Crump. Obama's the best race baiter of them all. You'll hear some evidence. Uh, You'll hear Karine Jean-Pierre claim that Biden actually is out. Hello? He's out on the campaign trail? Where? Raphael Warnock has issued a proclamation in his church as to why you should never vote for him ever again. He's a bigoted racist from the get-go. If there was a black clan, he would be the imperial wizard. No question about it. The latest on the Paul Pelosi caper, and it is a caper. The real question is this. Why aren't they releasing the body cam footage of the police officers? That's why they have body cam footage, right? So that we know what went on, so that there's no doubts that the police are not held in harm's way by the liberal creeps who want to do everything they can to harm police. They did it the right way. They handled the situation right. Where is that video? Does the Pelosi home have security? By that I mean electronics, surveillance security, and physical security. Security. All of Pelosi's homes have physical security around them. Harmeet Dillon, an attorney, tried to serve Paul Pelosi a lawsuit and discovered that all of the homes the Pelosi's own are armed guards. Why weren't they at this particular home last week on a Friday night? Give them the night off? Forget to set the alarm system? Too many questions here, folks. I don't really know the severity of his injuries. 
I've read reports where it said fractured skull. I've read reports where it was other things. Who knows? And as far as I'm concerned, did he actually have surgery? I don't trust a thing these people tell you. And they bring that on themselves. But why would you trust? Look at all the unanswered questions that are basic questions to answer. Here's another one. Why isn't this guy out on cash bail? Why hasn't he been charged with being an illegal alien in our country? Because he was. Not from the southern border, though. He came from the northern border, from Canada. But if you want to lay blame, lay it on Gavin Newsom, Mr. Sanctuary State, welcoming people like this guy into the state of California. So you'll hear from Gavin Newsom today and who he blames, and it isn't himself. You'll hear who the media blames. You'll hear Rand Paul's chilling description of what happened to him. And where was the media on that one? We don't know. Sandy Cortez is going to tell you who's to blame for inflation, and it isn't her and it isn't the Democrats. How about that one for you? And you are actually going to hear from an actual reporter, a liberal fruitcake, who hunkered down outside of Twitter to try to get Twitter employees to badmouth Elon Musk. And when she found two that would, she found out they weren't employees. But she's actually going to apologize. You'll hear that breaking news here. A liberal reporter apologizes for being caught in a hoax, as all liberals are. They live a hoax. Their life is a hoax. You'll hear all of that and more, but hopefully you'll be nourished for breakfast at Taco Bell. They have the dollar crave menu activated for breakfast at all the locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. They have breakfast quesadilla there. You can get that for under $2, but that grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits is on that dollar crave menu. So is a double stuffed taco or a grande burrito. They have two different AM crunch wraps for breakfast, both under three bucks. Grande scrambler under three bucks. A lot of great stuff. Right there at your local Taco Bell, they have the $5 Crave menu activated. Both of those Crave menus go all day long, breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. Taco Bell takes care of you, folks. And you'll never spend a lot of money there. I always say take the change in your sofa cushions at home, change in your uh, change compartment in your car, and you will have breakfast. You will have lunch. You will have dinner. You will have late night, whatever you want. You can afford it at Taco Bell. I love to support locally owned and operated businesses in our area. It's no different with Taco Bell. Here are the locally owned and operated locations in our area. In the Chesterfield Valley, Washington, Cape Girardeau, Jackson, St. Clair, Union. In Illinois, they're in Waterloo. They're in DuCoin, the home of the State Fair. Carbondale, the home of the Salukis. Springfield, the state capital, the home of Porky Pig, who may eat that locally owned and operated Taco Bell out of business. Well, not out of business, but out of product. They're in Troy, Illinois, Salem, Decatur, Jerseyville, and Columbia, the home of Ann Breyer Golf Course. Those are the locally owned and operated locations for Taco Bell in our area. Our phone lines, as I said, are always open, 636-538-0746. World Series was canceled last night due to rain out in Philadelphia. Game three will be tonight. Phillies have changed starting pitchers. They'll go with Suarez. A guy the Astros bombed late in the season. Don't know if that will have any effect on his start tonight. Astros will remain with Lance McCullers Jr. The travel day is now Friday, 
the series, if it goes six and seven games, will be Saturday and Sunday as opposed to Friday and Saturday. Advantage in this rain delay goes probably to the Phillies because they'll bring their top starters back early. The Astros will not. Kudos to Dusty Baker for recognizing that Justin Verlander should not be brought back early. Unfortunately, he'll bring him back. He needs to recognize he shouldn't be brought back at all. It's amazing, isn't it? Biden has threatened the oil companies, as you know, with a windfall profit tax. Of course, that's more political malarkey eight days before an election. Somehow in this country, this dictator thinks that he can tell businesses, privately owned businesses, how to run their business and what to do with their profits. And then threatens to tax them if they don't comply. That would have about as much chance of getting through the Supreme Court as his stupid ass tuition forgiveness crap. Neither one of them will ever work. The oil companies know it. They have good lawyers. They're not going to succumb to the threats of this nitwit. And he is a nitwit. More political stunts, that's what liberals offer you. They can't offer you concrete uh, policy ideas to solve your problems. The ones they created, you know those. Inflation, border problems, murders and rapes from illegal aliens. The economy in tatters. Our standing in the world couldn't be more embarrassing. All of those things that bother you, the high price of gas, they have nothing to say. Did you notice they don't even talk about them? Except in Sandy Cortez's case to blame other people for inflation. That's a good one. And of course, Gavin Newsom blames Donald Trump for everything. Including the attack on Paul Pelosi. That's Trump's fault. Others claim, other liberals say it was the Tea Party. That's right. They go all the way back to the Tea Party. I haven't heard a Tea Party spokesman speak in years. But apparently, they caused this deranged lunatic who was either allowed into the Pelosi home intentionally to stage an act or is just a deranged person who broke in on his own, eluded top security officials, and then while confronting Paul Pelosi, the front door was opened to the police, at which point Pelosi greeted the police, then went back to wrestling with his attacker. (laughs) Now you think I'm making that up, don't you? You're scratching your head going, where the hell did he get this? This is made-up, tongue-in-cheek stuff. No, it's not. It's right from the police report. Paul Pelosi greeted the cops at the door after calling 911, then went back to resuming his wrestling match over a hammer. Now, the attacker had a backpack that was found in the backyard. It included another hammer. So whose hammer were they fighting over? And why would the attacker leave his backpack out in the backyard? So many questions involving this thing. But if you believe on its face that this was a guy, some derelict homeless guy who eluded all of the security measures that the Pelosi's have, greater than Fort Knox, was able to get in to the house, 
pause long enough for Pelosi to greet the cops and welcome them into his home and then resume a fight with a lunatic. And there's more. Uh, I'll play you some more. I'll play you the dispatcher. The police dispatcher giving the details of Pelosi's 911 call. Wait till you hear that. (laughs) And the district attorney out there won't tell us who opened the door for the police. What we understand now is a third person opened the door. Who was that? I mean, was this just a gay party? I don't know. All kinds of things floating around out there, very few of them accurate. But what's in the police report is accurate, we assume, or the police is make, are making it up. Well, we'll get to it. How many states? This is the quick uh, civics course that I'll give you on this beautiful November 1st. How many states are in the United States? Now, I dare say that if you asked anyone walking on the street, let's say in France or England or Germany, they would know. Most people would know that. It is, after all, the United States of America. Now, you and I know how many states there are. Does the president of the United States know? Let's check. And by the way, if they do, that means not a joke, everybody. That's why we were defeated in 2018 when they tried to do it. We went to 54 states. Ha! I was wrong. I thought there were 50. There are 54 states. I think Obama once said there are 56 54, 56, potato, potato. Who cares? Who cares if the president of the United States doesn't know how many states are in the country? He was talking about saving Obamacare. In 2018, they campaigned in 54 states. Those two new states would, or those four new states, I'm sorry, would say, where are we? Where are those four new states? Was he anticipating that Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico would be two of them? Perhaps. And then adding a couple more just for good measure. This stupid just is, is, is too old of a phrase to describe this guy. Demented, deranged, it's all there. He's the leader of the group of people who want to destroy Halloween now. Thanksgiving, Christmas are still to come. Perhaps New Year's Day now will be destroyed by these people. But they're after Halloween right now. They have their crosshairs trained on Halloween as the holiday and the celebration of the macabre that they must end. Because after all, woke liberals always know more than we do. Just ask them. Bill Maher recognized it. And he understands we need a new Halloween costume rule. And finally, new rule of Halloween is too much for your fragile sensibilities and you're worried about seeing someone wearing something that's on the forbidden costume list, just stay the fuck home. (laughs) Every year we go through this bullshit. Lists of costumes you better not wear lest the night of irreverent dress-up spiral into something that resembles fun. (laughs) Here's an idea, clickbait websites. I won't tell you how to harvest and sell my personal data. And you don't tell me what I can wear on Halloween. Not a bad deal. But guess what? They didn't stop. They decided to dictate what you could and couldn't wear. Bill Meyer, is there a new list of things we can't wear? 
Every year, there's a new list of offensive things we shouldn't do on the day that's all about being offensive. You know what I want to cancel? November 1st, All Scolds Day. When the good people announce which costumes the bad people wore. Buzzfeed, I mean Buzzkill. Has a list of 23 costumes they're literally begging you not to wear. Of course, this year, the number one no-no is serial killer, cannibal, and Netflix sensation Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) eBay has already banned selling it because otherwise it would be impossible to find a blonde wig and aviator glasses. (laughs) Simone Biles tweeted, put the Jeffrey Dahmer costumes back in the closet. We ain't having it. Who's we? What's with the we? Who died and made you the great pumpkin? Carpe diem, Bill Maher, Simone Biles. The quitter, the gymnastics quitter from the USA Olympic team. Quitter. Quit on her teammates, quit on her country. She's a quitter. And she's out there tweeting as if she's some authority on anything. Now, if someone asked her to give her advice and her expertise on how to quit, I would listen to her because she is as good as anyone at quitting. But anything else in the world, you wouldn't care what Simone Biles thinks. I mean, truly, who would? We ain't having it. He's right. Who the F are you? We ain't having it. The thing about liberals is they think, they really do think this, that they speak for all of us. When they speak, they're representing the entire population of this country. And that anyone who would have a different idea isn't really a United States citizen. They belong in jail, and we can put them there. They can join their fellow inmates from the insurrection. Well, Meyer wasn't done. He was, in fact, far from done. Which costumes are verboten this year, other than Jeffrey Dahmer? Queen Elizabeth, because it's too soon. Yes, 96, practically an ingenue. <laughs> of course, don't even think about characters outside of your race. And no no genies, because genies were slaves, okay. No sexy schoolgirls, no playboy bunnies. No celebrities accused of pedophilia, including Elvis. You can't dress up as Elvis? That's an entire industry. No zombie versions of deceased celebrities. Well, there goes my zombie Angela Lansbury idea. No uh, no unhoused person. What we used to call a hobo, the default costume of every kid in history. No one with an eating disorder, so goodbye skeletons. And no transphobic costumes, because if kids want to see drag queens, they can go to story hour. <laughs> Very true. Every one of those is so absurd that it's, it's it's beyond laughable. It's dangerous that any group of people would think this way and that they could invoke their authority over us to think the same way. But that's not it. What about woke costumes, Bill Maher? You would think that a Handmaid's Tale costume would be acceptable since it derives from a completely woke-approved show that condemns the patriarchy. No. 
Buzzkill says no handmaid's tail costume either because it hits a little too close to home right now. Okay, this is the life philosophy of zillennials. Things that are interesting might also contain something which could cause a moment of discomfort, so ban it all. It's not your fault, kids. Your parents ruined you by overprotecting you, and now you're these assholes. Carpe diem, Bill Barr. And one final thing, what is he going out on Halloween as this year? This year, I'm going as an uber-woke, overly anxious, perpetually offended 20-something. Would you like to see what I have for this costume? I think you're going to really enjoy it. Okay. First of all, I have my Fuck the Patriarchy t-shirt. Oh, yes. And then I have a check from the Patriarchy to pay my car insurance. (laughs) Okay, I've got my, uh, my nose ring. My, I know, uh, my vape pen. I've got my cloth surgical mask, my surgical mask, my N95 mask, and my face shield. Then after I leave the house, I have my clonopin to take the edge off, my Adderall to put it back on. My participation trophy, my cat ear headphones to listen to sad music, the stick that goes up my ash, and the leash for my support animal. And just in case anyone still doesn't get what I'm all about, I have a wet blanket. (laughs) You gotta laugh at that stuff. Making fun of these people is so easy, it's like a walk in the park. And he's one of them. He's one of the uber-liberals, but he's not a woke uber-liberal. He's just an uber-liberal who really hates Donald Trump. I'm not so sure if Marr is as liberal as he claims he is. He just hates Donald Trump. Now, that's a sickness all on its own. I hate Obama, but I don't lose my mind over it. He's a race-baiting thug as far as I'm concerned. Obama's responsible for a lot of things that are bad in this country. And every single thing that relates to race, it's him who's behind it. No one has done more in this country to cause racial division than Barry Hussein Obama, and I mean nobody. And yet the media, the liberals in the media are demanding Obama on the campaign trail for their candidates, their failing candidates, not the actual president. Joe Biden can't be out there, so this is the only person they can put out. The Democrats hope that he's the closer. I mean, I talked to two people yesterday just in regular conversations like, you know, Barack Obama is so good at this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they're counting on, especially for that youth vote. He energizes young voters that those, we need those millennials, we need those Gen Zs. He energizes young people and the base of of the Democratic Party like no one else. Really? Let's see. The one woman there said, he's their closer that he's so good at this. Now, when he was president, he lost more House seats than any other president in the last 50 years at the midterms. So is he a closer? Is he so good at this? He was good at getting himself reelected, but that's it. He couldn't get anyone else reelected at the height of his popularity. He's not popular now. 
the liberal media wants you to think he is. He's a popular guy, and you got morons like Ainsley Earhart on Fox. Oh, yeah, he's a popular guy. Of course, as if she would know. But one thing he does do on the campaign trail, he takes a tie off and a jacket off, and he rolls up his sleeves like he's a tough guy, I guess. And then he gives you the hip-hop version of life as he talks, using cool things like the uh, I-N ending to words as opposed to the I-N-G in much uh, the same fashion as Donna Brazil does it to illiterates who can't speak properly. But he's chilling, and he's talking, and he's being there. But mostly what he does is scream a bunch of lies like a banshee. The only way to save democracy is if we, together, nurture it and fight for it. And that starts with electing people who know you and see you and care about you. Every Republican politician seems obsessed with just two things. Own the libs. Hey, let's own the libs. They're interested in making you angry. And then finding somebody to blame. And they're hoping that that'll distract you from the fact that they don't have any answers of their own. <laughs> How full of shit is this guy? Did you hear, hear that last? The last part was the hip-hop starting again. Don't have enough answers of their own. They want to distract you. They want to make you angry. Wow. You got to find people who care about you. Yeah. What Democrat cares about anyone in this country? Go ahead. Make your list up. But all Republicans simply want to own the liberals. I got news for him. We don't want anything to do with liberals. We would prefer they stay as far away from us as humanly possible. Own them? What are they, slaves? If slavery were legal, I wouldn't own a liberal. I don't want the liberal poison toxicity anywhere near me or anyone I care about. I don't want these people around. The Republicans just want to make you angry. Again, a liberal projecting himself and what he does on the other side. You see it every day. They actually speak exactly what they're doing, put it on Republicans, and think that registers with voters. When all the factual evidence is out there, they want to tell you that it's the Republicans that are responsible for all your harm and all your suffering and misery. They actually say it. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre being asked by a reporter, why isn't Joe Willie Wuhan Otalabiden out on the campaign trail? Well, of course, stupid me, he is. Why is the former president making this case and not the current president? So I would I would disagree with that characterization <laughs> of your question or how it was characterized there. Mm-hmm. Um, the president has been talking about this almost every day for months now. He's been talking about the choices that are at, at stake here, which, which is what I was just talking about mm-hmm. a moment ago, which is what Republicans are trying to do. <laughs> He's been talking about this. Talking about her feigned passion. He's been talking about this. She can't even string a sentence together. She's so damned illiterate. 
I've never seen anyone lie so blatantly and brazenly as this woman. And I'm, I've come to the conclusion that maybe she's just not a pathological liar. Maybe she's so stupid she actually believes her lies. But you have to know at some point that you're just a lie-filled machine. Every time that woman speaks, or guy, I don't know which one she is, She lies. Literally, every single word out of her mouth is a lie. I've never seen anything like it. Saki was a liar, a born liar, genetic liar. But every now and then she would say something that wasn't true. For instance, she would look outside, the sun's shining bright, and she says, oh, pretty day. That's not a lie. But this woman couldn't even do that, or this man. I don't know what she is again. I wish the hell she'd tell me so I could stop wavering. What are you, the guy or the gal? And then you've got the great Raphael Warnock, this guy. I These are the kinds of people the Democrats put up. I didn't think Dr. Oz was the best candidate, though he is beating uh, Uncle Fester. But you put Raphael Warnock up, that's the best you can find in Georgia among the Democrat Party? What does it tell you about liberals in Georgia? It tells you, first of all, there aren't too many. So that election was stolen. Both of those Senate seats were stolen. Because when Raphael Warnock is the guy you put up, and he says things like this, how much he hates white people, what should Americans do, Rafi? No matter what happens next month, more than a third of the nation that would go along with this is reason to be afraid. America needs to repent for its worship of whiteness. On full display. Wow. That ought to get a lot of votes. We need to repent for our worship of whiteness. The next time that guy tells you that he is there to represent all Georgians, why don't you bring that up? Make sure you mention that he believes we should all be repenting for our worship of whiteness. What a thick, bigoted, racist racist bastard he is. He's sick. Another guy that you have to say, if he gets one vote other than his own, and Chuck Schumer, if Chuck Schumer casts an illegal ballot in Georgia, which I'm sure he does, who else would vote for him? I would seriously doubt that his own family would vote for him. Certainly no one who's not a racist would vote for him. If you vote for Raphael Warnock, you are a racist. You want to identify who the racists are in Georgia? Go see who votes for him. Now, you might think Herschel Walker's not a good candidate, and I think they could have done better. But he's far superior to this bigot. You vote for Herschel Walker, you're not voting because you're a racist. But if you vote for Warnock, that's exactly what you are. The liberals like to tell you about Jim Crow 2.0. The only place it's alive and well is in the minds of liberals. They hate white people so much. Even their white people hate white people. And make no mistake about it, they hate you if you're white. Raphael Warnock hates you. Unless, of course, you vote for him, and then whitey is his favorite color. But if you don't vote for him, you better apologize for your worship of whiteness. I mean, it's it's incredible. It really is. 
But that's where we stand today. We have to apologize for our worship of whiteness. (laughs) In years gone by, we have to understand that that alone would get you excluded from winning any political race. You'd be off the ballot, finished, but not today. We've got people like Donnie Deutsch, douche, I'm sorry, douche. Oh, no, it's Deutsch. Yeah, I confuse the two when it comes to him. They're synonyms, Deutsch and douche. He goes on MSNBC. Now, this is a guy who's nothing more than an advertising executive in New York, but networks love their fellow New Yorkers. They think somehow the entire country loves hearing from New Yorkers who have no standing or authority on anything. Perhaps he's a good advertising executive. I don't know. But why would anyone think that he should pontificate on elections or on the American values and the American life and on on election integrity or anything? We don't care what he thinks, but I do get a kick out of him. He's so flagrantly liberal. Remember, he's the guy that suggested fear-mongering as the campaign slogan, essentially, for Democrats. If you strike fear in the voters, they'll vote for you. That was his whole, and he said that. And now he's deathly afraid of the big red tsunami coming his way. At least he recognizes it's coming, but not before he suggests yet again fear-mongering. Now, you can scare them and say it could get worse. They can take your health care away. I mean, that's a strategy to go. But, you know, if she is representative of a big part of the populace, and she is, and now let's even factor in people who have seen their IRAs, not a woman like that necessarily, but who've seen their IRAs go down by 20 25%. It's really tough. And I've come on the show and talked a lot about that. You've got to scare people and make it about the Republicans that are, are crazy people. But even with the pending crazy, when you can't afford to buy the stuff that you were able to buy a year or two or three years ago, it's tough, tough sledding. I hate hate to be negative mini over here. I don't even know what the hell that means. But uh, (laughs) I I am really really scared about a bloodbath 10 days from now. But let's fear monger. Let's keep doing that. The woman he was talking about was a single mom who's struggling to make ends meet, making $400 a week. He recognizes that that spells death for Democrats. But his last ditch, of course, is, hey, when all else fails, scare the crap out of the people. Make them think all Republicans, he said, all Republicans are crazy. He's not given to hyperbole, is he? All Republicans are crazy and therefore scare the crap out of people. Tell them these crazy people are there and that you can't vote for them even though we're getting our ass kicked. And you are. And you will. And that will be the Happy Days Are Here Again song being sung by conservatives, independents, and real Democrats alike. Now, this Paul Pelosi caper has really struck me. It's funny. Unless he really does have serious injuries, then it's not funny. But what's funny is the complete hypocrisy of the liberals, where you've got Biden speaking about this and all of them blaming either Donald Trump, the Tea Party, you and me, but no one, not one of them, 
ever stepped forward to condemn the assassination attempt of Judge Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh, no one. None of them stepped forward to condemn the lunatic who shot up the Republican baseball practice. None of them. But all of a sudden, it's time now to pay attention to violent people. And, of course, the media did their part. As soon as the incident was reported, the attacker was immediately a right-wing Trump supporter. They actually reported that. And then, oopsie, they found his social media rantings, and he is a Black Lives Matter flag-carrying uber-liberal from Canada. Oops. Like millions upon millions of people, he simply doesn't like Nancy Pelosi. I say goody for him. Remember what they said, what Pelosi's own daughter said about Rand Paul when he was attacked? You'll hear that momentarily. But for that matter, where were they when Rand Paul was attacked? Rand Paul was seriously injured, nearly died. Where were they? Did any of them rush out to condemn his attacker? Or did they actually do the opposite? Did they encourage him to do it again? Well, you'll hear that. But here's what the San Francisco District Attorney says. Number one, she's not going to let us uh, in on the most important question here is who let the police in the house? So at this time, it's unclear which of the men opened the door. And uh, we are also still fleshing out how many times he was struck in the head. But no word on the third party that it's been reported opened the door. Someone opened the door to let the police in. While they walked in, there was a greeting from Paul Pelosi. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not making it up. This, not a joke. This is from the police report. Listen to this. When the door was opened, Pelosi and DePape, his attacker, were both holding a hammer with one hand, and DePape had his other hand holding onto Pelosi's forearm. Pelosi greeted the officers. The officers asked them what was going on. DePape responded everything was good. <laughs> Honestly, you can't make this up. Washington Post headline was attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband follows years of GOP demonizing her. For many Democrats, the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband represents the all but inevitable conclusion of Republicans increasingly violent and threatening rhetoric toward their political opponents. (laughs) One of these idiots tweeted out, In 2010, the GOP launched a fire Pelosi campaign with images of her engulfed in flames. In 2021, McCarthy joked about hitting her on the head with a gavel. In 2022, the GOP spent $40 vilifying her in ads. And on Friday, her husband was attacked with a hammer. Hmm. We just played you audio, staged audio, by Pelosi and her daughter in her Washington, D.C. Capitol office as the Trump rally began to disperse on January 6th, claiming that if Donald Trump comes down there, she, Nancy Pelosi, would punch him in the mouth. But somehow, it's attack ads on Pelosi's record 
that stirs violence. This is truly how insane they are. Here's the dispatcher who was recounting and reporting the 911 call to police. Listen closely what he says about Paul Pelosi. RP, by the way, at the start of this, is call, is the anacrim. Uh, listen to me. RP means reporting person. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. Wait a minute. The person calling the 911 operator, Paul Pelosi, described David by name as a friend. Now, I've never had someone break into my house. Praise God for that. But if they did, would I know their name? Do you think you'd know the name of your attacker? Random attacker, we're told. Broke into the Pelosi home looking for Nancy. But Pauly knew him by name. In fact, described him as a friend in his 911 call. Excuse me? But that doesn't stop people like former Congresswoman Donna Edwards from blaming, we're going all the way back now, to the Tea Party. And when I think back over the last decade or so, I look to the beginnings of the Tea Party movement where there were more active threats against members of Congress and that that's escalated to the point that we are now. And, you know, it's so sad. I mean, what has happened with uh, with Paul Pelosi and the Pelosi family um, this is a very, very dangerous time, and at the same time, you don't want to scare people so much that you scare them out of voting. Now, this is a woman who was silent when Rand Paul was attacked, silent when Justice Kavanaugh was nearly assassinated, silent when Chuck Schumer threatened two sitting Supreme Court justices on the, the steps of the Capitol building. Excuse me, the steps of the Supreme Court building. Remember his exhorting people to basically end the lives of those two. That you've released the whirlwind. You won't know what hits you. According to liberals, that's not violent-inducing rhetoric. But attacking Nancy Pelosi in a campaign ad for her rotten record for the people of this country is violence-inducing. Got it. I'm just trying to figure out what the rules are here. So we blame the Tea Party. Okay, that's one. Who else are we going to blame? Oh, how about Jesse Waters? That's who Gavin Newsom blamed. I've seen the dehumanization of Nancy Pelosi. I don't think anyone's been dehumanized like she has consistently. I mean, I watched this one guy, was it Jesse Waters or something on Fox News? What he's been saying about Paul Pelosi the last five, six months? Mocking him consistently? Don't tell me that's not aiding and betting all this. Of course it is. They're sowing the seeds of creating a culture and a climate like this. I mean, it's, it's, look online. Look at the sewage that is online that they amplify on these networks and in social media to dehumanize people like Nancy Pelosi and other political leaders. If you want to see sewage, Gavin Newsom, look in the mirror. You'll see sewage, all right? First-hand sewage. Demonize Nancy Pelosi. Dehumanize, I'm sorry, not even demonize. Dehumanize her. What does that even mean? People like Jesse Waters or somebody, as if he doesn't watch Jesse Waters every night. He clearly does. It shows you that the ratings for Fox 
are well ahead of anything combined from MSNBC and CNN. Thanks to liberals like Gavin Newsom who watch Fox religiously. But it's Jesse Waters' fault and other networks for dehumanizing Nanner. Now, how do they dehumanize her? They point out how poorly she has performed as speaker and the lies that she tells and the stock purchases that she's made illegally. Remember, you're not supposed to know that, and if you know it, you're not supposed to say it, and if you say it, you're not supposed to put it in a campaign ad. Just understanding the rules. Now, Newsom wasn't done blaming people. He blamed Jesse Waters. We have Donna Edwards blaming the Tea Party. How about Donald Trump? Can we get a little dose of Donald Trump being at fault here? There's been two deep analysis that drives the number one factor, the, most, the, the vast majority, almost the entire amount, impacted because of the visa policies in the Trump administration. I mean, our formula for success is getting first-round draft choices around the rest of the world. I mean, we're as dumb as we want to be. This whole damn border debate is made up. It's made up. Where's Congress? Where the hell are they? They haven't done their job. The border crisis is made up. The, po- the immigration policies of Donald Trump caused this illegal alien to be in the country. Gavin Newsom forgot to mention that he has welcomed people like David DuPape, into the country, into his state. He called it a sanctuary state. We welcome all illegal aliens into our state. And here's what you get. But it's not his fault. It's the sewage. It's the Republicans. It's Jesse Waters. It's Donald Trump. It's not Gavin Newsom. And, of course, he's the most objective person when it comes to Pelosi. He's related to her. Margaret Brennan over there at CBS, that liberal freak, she's decided that any campaign ads that are critical of Nancy Pelosi should be suspended. (laughs) Republican candidates have spent more than $116 million on ads that mention Speaker Pelosi by name in this cycle. If this is about the issues, why should not make it about the issues? Why not depersonalize it? It is absolutely about the issues. We are eight days out. Don't you think this needs to change? Why not pull some of these ads? So, Biden tells the oil companies how to spend their money. Margaret Brennan tells Republicans to pull their ads. By the way, I'm guessing, and this is just a guess, that the executives at CBS who write her check aren't aren't thrilled with that comment. Pull the ads... Networks, local radio, local print media make a fortune off these campaigns. The nonstop barrage of these ads is big money, cha-ching, cha-ching, for all of these broadcast outlets. It's amazing that Margaret Brennan would tell a Republican, why don't you pull all of your ads that mention Nancy Pelosi? So now... Just so you know, here's the rules of campaigning. You cannot criticize any Democrat in your ad or it must be pulled. Gotcha. Because any criticism of a Democrat will result in a psychopath coming into the Pelosi house. Got it. Whoever the security company is that secures the Pelosi mansion in the gated community in which they live, 
That security company should never secure anything again. If they couldn't secure this home from a hobo, as Bill Maher might say, then what can they secure it from? This was a hobo. Tiffany Cross, of course, and Mika Brzezinski have an entirely different person to blame. And in Mika's case, as you'll hear, she made the case breathtakingly so. It seems like there's this effort to normalize um, this kind of behavior and to make Trumpers feel, you know, at home and prioritize um, their feelings. This is about election denialism. What has happened over the last two years has seeped into uh, the minds and the thoughts of some unstable people. Deranged right-wing fanatics, Trump media allies, and some of the most powerful people in the world were feverishly trying to stir up conspiracy theories that distracted from the central political headline of this story. That years of Republican propaganda and Trump-fueled fascism led 42-year-old David DePap to break into Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home. <sighs> Was she having sex? Man, she sounded out of breath. Was Joe Scarborough right there? Whew, that's a little yicky to think of. Trump-fueled fascism, she called it. That's what caused this guy to go into the home of Pelosi. Trump-fueled fascism. And yet, he's a hopelessly woke liberal progressive with Black Lives Matter flags outside of his trailer. So how did the Trump-fueled fascism cause him to go there? Trump media allies, she says. Election denialers. What is, it a deni- what is a denialer, by the way? Trumpers. She was breathless. <laughs> it's just so hard on her. Poor thing. How can she survive? I'm, I've said this so many times, but I am beyond just taking away First Amendment protections from the media. I think that we have to change the standard of a public figure suing for slander and libel. I've told you what that standard is before, in case you missed it. For a public figure to win a slander or libel lawsuit against people like Mika Brzezinski and MSNBC, you have to prove that what they said was a lie, and when they said it, they knew it was a lie, and knowing it was a lie, they said it anyway. Good luck. And that's why people like Donald Trump don't sue them. And when they do, judges throw it out because the proof is impossible. Short of them admitting on tape to someone that they knew it was a lie when they said it and they said it anyway, which doesn't exist, by the way, you can never prove it by that standard. The standard needs to be the same as it is for Joe Q. Public. Donald Trump and Joe Q. Public should have the same grounds to sue for libel and slander. And because we have not changed that standard, we have people like Tiffany Cross, Mika Brzezinski, Joe Scarborough, Donnie Douchebag. All of these people, Joy Reid, all of these bigoted racist lawbreakers slandering and libeling people daily. Daily. Obama, one of the great libelers and slanderers of all time, 
mostly slander. He slanders everybody. No one has told more lies than this guy. I really don't believe it. Biden's close, though. Biden's trying to beat him. And I would have to say this. I'll refresh. I'll ref, uh, refrain from saying what I just said. Obama is one of the top two liars of all time. Oh, Biden's trying to replace him. And doing a damn good job. He has made an effort, and a big one, to take his boss out. And I don't mean figuratively. This guy's also a nudist, the guy who attacked Pelosi. I don't find too many Trump supporters that are nudists. I don't find too many Trump media allies that are nudists. They say Trump media allies as if that's a bad thing. Completely, of course, ignoring that they are allies to every liberal Democrat known to man. But why would they recognize their own problem? The Bible tells you don't complain about a speck in someone else's eye when you have a log on your nose. I'm paraphrasing. But this is what these people do. Liberal media is made up of the most rotten form of human life that you will find anywhere. They're much worse than the liberal politicians that they protect. Because the liberal politician's job is to line their own pockets with money. That's their job. They do it well. The, the liberal media and the conservative media, media period, their job is as a gatekeeper to political corruption, political shenanigans. They're to report on it. And yet they don't. They go so far over the line to the other side to commit crimes. Cover-up crimes, crimes of omission. So the media doesn't do its job. Therefore, they don't deserve First Amendment protection. And they deserve to have the standard of slander lawsuits dropped. Let's have an equal playing field. If you want to shut up these liars, sue their ass a few times. But give a standard to a public figure to sue that's comparable to what you would sue for. And then you might see some of this crap stopped. But instead, you've got Barry Hussein Obama out there on the campaign trail. Hey, Barry, does all of the venom get amped up? And all of it gets amped up, hyped up, 24-7 by social media. Because a lot of times, they're for-profit platforms and they find it more profitable to feed you controversy and conflict instead of facts and truth. And, and, and sometimes it, it can turn dangerous. <laughs> did that carpetbagger just mention facts and truth? I think he did. He's accusing other people, nameless of course, of spreading things that aren't facts and truth. Uttered those words uttered by one of the most prolific liars in American history. One of the most prolific racists in American history. 
a man who is as white as he is black, but he hides the white from the public because being black helps him. Everything about him stems from his basic fraud characterization of what he is. He's a mulatto. Nothing more, nothing less. If you call him a black man, you're lying. If you call him a white man, you're lying. He's a mulatto. He's both. He's not more one than the other. He has a black father and a white mother. I don't know what color the family dog was, but the parental bloodlines are white and black equally. He's not the first black president. That's a fraud perpetrated on the American public yet again. And for that simple statement, I was called a racist one time by a black caller. And I said, are you too illiterate to understand what a mulatto is? Or are you just living in denial? Of course, he hung up. I can't stomach the people that think Barry Hussein Obama is black. He is not. He's mulatto. Understand the word. Understand what it is. It's not a negative word. Halle Berry's a mulatto. Think there's anything negative about Halle Berry? But that's what Obama is. And the fraud of his characterization of himself opens the door to everything he does is a fraud. He's the race baiter supreme. Now, all of this outrage over good old Nancy Pelosi's husband. I saw a meme the other day. It says, I don't always drink and drive, but when I do, I get hammered. (laughs) I guess that has to be pulled, too, according to Margaret Brennan, because it mentions the Pelosi's. But all this outrage wasn't present when Rand Paul was attacked outside of his own home. Pretty similar situation, right? Except Rand Paul nearly died. And not only did we not hear condemnation of this by a political adversary, this guy admitted he hated Rand Paul's politics. Rand Paul described the injuries and what happened to you. And then describe also what the Pelosi family reaction to your injuries was. I was struck once in the back so hard that I had six ribs broken, including three of them that were completely separated. My lung was damaged. I coughed up blood for over a year. My lungs filled up with fluid. I about died from an infection, had part of my lung removed, and then Nancy Pelosi's daughter felt free to go ahead and tweet that, um, you know, my neighbor should come back and do it again, that my neighbor was right. My current political opponent tweets out and has an ad that he created mocking my attack. One of his campaign workers said that the attacker, who assa- uh, the assailant who struck me in the back is her personal hero. Another one of my, cam- my opponent's uh, campaign uh, leaders actually put my address up and then puts pictures of me injured. And the implication is, I guess, this is where he is if you want to finish the job. So let me check again. Who were the violent people? Tiffany Cross, you want to tell us? How about you, Donna Edwards? How about you, slick back Gavin Newsom? How about you, Obama? How about you, 
you asshat Biden. Tell us again who the violent people are. I don't hear a single soul saying they're happy that Paul Pelosi was attacked. I'm not 100% sure he was attacked, but let's just say he was. I'm not happy about it. Tucker Carlson's not happy about it. Jesse Waters isn't happy about it. No one is rejoicing. No one is tweeting out, that guy was right, and I hope he does it again. Here's Pelosi's address. Imagine if someone did do that. And you say, well, no one would ever do that. Well, he did it with Rand Paul. Pelosi's daughter. Her daughter. The guy who was attacked, Paul Pelosi's daughter, tweeted out how happy she was that Rand Paul was viciously attacked and that the neighbor was right and should come back and do it again. Do you think that will ever be broadcast on any network, any liberal network? Hell no. I doubt that they even broadcast that Rand Paul was attacked by a liberal. Rona McDaniel is the chair of the Republican Party. She made a good point that if this wasn't Pelosi's involved, the Pelosi's, would any of this being even be happening? The other thing to remember is if this weren't Paul Pelosi, this criminal would probably be out on the street tomorrow. We saw Lee Zeldin's attacker was on the street right after he attacked him. This is what Democrat policies are bringing. That's right. The attacker of Lee Zeldin was out on the street the next day. The attacker for Paul Pelosi is being charged with multiple felonies. And remains in jail. Remember the Associated Press and the way they start all of this crap. This used to be a respected operation, didn't it, Mike Huckabee? I saw the Associated Press that used to be. There was once upon a time, uh, the Associated Press was a respectable news organization. They put out a story this week saying that the reports are that this guy who went and uh, hit Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer had zip ties. And we know what that means. People had zip ties on January 6th. So there's a connection. I'm thinking, you know, people were wearing underwear on January the 6th. This guy was wearing underwear. I bet there's people in the Democrat Party, maybe a few, who are actually wearing underwear. Therefore, let's draw the conclusion. (laughs) They're all violent criminals. This is nonsense. Uh Uh Utter nonsense. Carpe diem, Mike Huckabee. The Associated Press is a shameful organization. When I was going through journalism school, we had the Associated Press, the AP, and we had the UPI, United Press International. They were considered the sources of integrity when it came to reporting. Most local television stations and many networks would quote the AP is reporting or UPI is reporting such and such. Because they were the standard bearer for journalism. As Mike Huckabee accurately pointed out, they aren't any longer. They're nonsensical political animals. And they will remain that. They will remain that. And that's sad. Very sad. But it is what it is, right? 
They are those people. They will remain those people. And they don't change. They're all part of the liberal media brigade. Gavin Newsom told us all that, oh, this is different, though. This is different. No, it's not different. It might be different in that this could have been staged or in some way invited. We don't know all the details because they're not telling us. So when you're not given the details and there's so many questions unanswered, you tend to speculate. Just like the basic questions I've asked. These are basic questions, but Axios and other outlets will scold you for asking. Again, the censorship of America. Liberals can't exist without censorship. So why was the security team given the night off? If they weren't given the night off, how did this guy beat the security team? If the Pelosi's have an alarm system, an elaborate alarm system would be my guess, was it turned on? If not, why not? Did Paul Pelosi know this guy? Said He said he did on the 911 call. He's called him a friend. Called him by name. David, my friend. Of course, that begs the question, why are you calling 911 if your friend is in your house? And why would your friend break in the house? Who opened the door? Paul Pelosi greeted the police? When you're in a life and death struggle, are you greeting anybody? None of it makes any sense whatsoever. Somebody needs to investigate what hospital he's at and find out if there was actually any surgery done. Because I don't believe him. And I have good reason not to believe them. All of the questions I just posed, that's the reason I don't believe them. And why they're not answering those questions is a question itself. But they have no desire to answer them because they don't want to. Now, why don't they want to? Well, it's left to your own imagination, your own speculation. I've noticed a pattern of what the liberals do. They leave it open for discussion, open for speculation, and then when you speculate based on the line of questions that aren't answered, you're somehow a bigot, a racist. You hate the Pelosi's. Well, I do hate the Pelosi's. I have to give that up. I detest the very existence on earth that they have. They are despicable people. But that doesn't mean that people rejoice in them being attacked. But maybe at some point, Pelosi ought to look in the mirror. And when you tear up the State of the Union address given by a sitting president on national television, maybe that does anger people. Maybe people don't like that. Good morning. You're on the Window World King's Court. How are you? Kevin, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good to have you on, big guy. Um, you were just talking about Obama. Mm-hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to mention something. I uh, A couple of years ago, I reconnected with some guys I went to college with. And uh, 
started emailing back and forth somewhat. It turned out that five of the seven of us were liberals. And one of the guys is so unhinged, uh, he might even surprise you. And I want to read a real short thing that he wrote about Obama over the weekend. He said, I just viewed video of my all-time favorite president, Barack Obama, speaking in Wisconsin tonight. In my opinion, he was brilliant. He is a great man. (laughs) Just listening to him was so uplifting for me. Wow. That's Uh, scary. I mean, that is scary because that frightens me that anyone could be that coerced, that anyone could become a Stepford person. Well, he, uh, he's a hard, you know, you, you said, and I think you even mentioned yesterday that you distanced yourself from, uh, former liberal friends. And I have pretty much done that too. Uh, but with this guy, I'm in the process of trying to get out of this group gracefully, but, um, you can't, you can't even discuss, have a discussion with this guy. And if you let me read one more thing, and I won't let it go on too long. Sure. I had, I had called Biden a buffoon, and he took issue with that. He wrote, all Biden has done is create a record one-year deficit reduction of $1.3 trillion. <laughs> At the same time, he was building social programs for the middle class. Wow. He faces he faces economic circumstances beyond his control. Inflation is worldwide, fuel prices are worldwide, but Biden will protect social security and Medicare. So he goes on to he believes that Republicans are going to get rid of social security and Medicare. So he's ba- <clears throat> he's basically parroting everything that o- that o- Biden has been saying. So this guy uh, this I would assume at one point you thought he may be intelligent. <clears throat> This this moron is doing nothing but swallowing hook, line, and sinker anything the liberals tell him. And it's fact in his demented mind, as if any of us would ever swallow anything that the Republicans tell us, hook, line, and sinker. We investigate it. We look into it. We say, okay, wait a minute. You say this is the reason such and such is happening? Well, let's check it out. That's what a normal person would do. They wouldn't simply uh, – Listen to that baloney about the deficit, which is a complete lie. The deficit was on its way to being reduced. As the congressional people told you, their budget office said the deficit is expected to drop X amount of dollars, X amount trillions of dollars, and it dropped far less because of Obama, or Biden's practices. So the, I love when they take credit. You know, that's like saying, well, you know, we landed, uh, Two jets today safely, but only two. Most airports landed 500. Somehow you take credit for landing two. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's like this guy got a hold of Jean-Pierre's uh, notes. Her binder. They're talking, talking points in it. <laughs> yeah, her binder. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you love to see her binder someday? I would love to see it. I don't think there's anything in it. Yeah, well, that's scary. It might that... be written in French so that uh, you can't understand it. There you go. The little Frenchie, Jean-Pierre. Well, your buddy, yeah. sad to say, yeah, I'd be distancing myself from him too because, as you say, you can't have a rational discussion. You just can't. When when people say things like that, there's no hope. 
you just can't even come back with anything because this guy's living in another universe. He truly is. And the universe he's living in is populated by lies, falsehoods, political bullcrap, and he, and he buys it all. If Obama told right. that guy to go out and rob a bank, that guy would do it. That's how scary that is. He's a Stepford man is what he is. Yeah. I mean, he truly is. He's like a robot for them. Wind him up, and he'll repeat all the lies they tell you. And the scary part of that is, Ron, it's not just him. When I used to say nobody could vote for these people, yeah, there's a lot of people who think like he does. Well, I brought this up just to show there are people out there who are buying everything they say yeah. on the left. Around the left, yeah. Yeah, they really are. Uh, and those people have the right to vote, and that's scary that they could cancel my vote. Anyone that demented shouldn't be allowed to vote. I think you should have to, as I've always said, have to pass the civics test. Just a basic one. The first question should be, is Obama black? <laughs> and if they say yes, then they're disqualified from voting. <laughs> because he isn't. <laughs> and the second question would be, is Biden sane? So there's your first two. We'll see where you go from there. Well, I also wanted to mention something on John Fetterman. Oh, yeah, Uncle uh, Fester. What I've, what I've noticed is I've heard some of the liberal commentators say that he's in recovery. And the intimation is that he'll just recover and he'll be his old self. But he has something called aphasia which is common to stroke victims, which, as you can tell with him, it makes it very hard to speak. I have an adult daughter who has aphasia after suffering a stroke and brain damage when she was hit by a drunk driver when she was a senior in college. And so her life is totally ruined. But the point I'm going to make is that was 14 years ago, and she has barely improved a bit. Yeah. Uh, so that... I'm not a doctor, but you know, maybe you could ask Dr. Rick uh, about this. But the suggestion that he's going to improve—he's just this is just a temporary setback. Uh, he's in recovery; uh, he'll be back—is very suspicious, if you ask me. Yeah, at the, and and you have example to back it up. And I'm so sorry to hear that about your daughter. Yeah. But but think about that. We all know people who suffered a stroke. Uh, they're, they're they're never in recovery. If they get back to what they once were, it's a miracle. And they act as though he'll recover just in time to begin his Senate duties. He'll be fine, just fine when January rolls around. Based on, of course, zero evidence, his doctor won't even release a report. He won't let the doctor. So why would we believe anything they say? It's not as though they don't lie. <laughs> I mean, even if they had a stellar record for telling the truth, I wouldn't believe it. Until the doctor said so. Well, those t tweets you read from women reacting to the debate were almost as crazy as what I just read from this. I agree. Lunatic. I think they were as crazy. Anyone who saw that debate and had those reactions, there's just something wrong with you. I can't even, there may not even be a medical term to describe it other than insane, but there's, you're delusional for sure. Anyone who watched that and came away thinking that this guy's the right guy, no matter how much you hate Dr. Oz, and liberals always have to hate their opponent, if you notice. They detest them. They hate them. The only two people I hate, well, I, I got to go a little deeper. 
There's four. It's Obama, Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer. I don't even hate Heels Up Harris. She's just a dope. She's a dope. She's another one who's not black, but, you know, fine, to each his own. But she's just a dope. I detest those other four because they are rotten to the core. They're all bigots. They're all racist, and they call me one. And they call you one. And they call every white person one. And they're sickening criminals. That's why I hate them. But otherwise, you know, I don't I don't hate Fetterman. I don't even know him. I think he's an idiot. And I know that he's a victim of a stroke that he's not recovering from. Maybe he'll recover from that stroke, uh, Ron, when, uh, when the country recovers from the temporary inflation. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, uh, the transitory. Some of the commentators have, have suggested that he can do an okay job in the Senate. I mean, this was just performance art, these debates. They have nothing to do with actually being a senator. Well, their idea of a, being a senator is just vote Democrat every single time on every issue so and do true. what Chucky e. Schumer tells you to do. That is 100% true. They said so. Well, all he does is vote. No, that's yeah. not what you do as a senator. You take the floor. You debate pros and cons of different issues. Unless you're just a rubber stamp, which Democrats are. You're right. That's their definition of a senator. Ask Chuck Schumer how high they can jump and then jump high. The last thing I want to mention before I go is, you know, I've been around a while, more decades than I care to admit. And, you know, you hear about how is such and such going to affect the Hispanic vote? How is this going to affect the black vote? How is it going to affect the women's vote? I have never in my entire life heard anyone say, how is this going to affect the men's vote? Yeah. Or more specifically, more specifically, the white man's vote. Yeah. Which, by the way, is the majority of people. The the women might be close. The overall women vote might be, there might be more women voting than men. I don't know that for a certainty, but it's real close. So why would you not be concerned? You're right. That's a great point. You've never heard the concern for the male vote. And the white man, he can go to hell to begin with. But yeah, never. It's always the Hispanic vote. Isn't it funny how the black vote is considered so important when the truth is the black population represents 13% of this country. The white population, 62%. The question should be, how is this going to affect the white vote, the overall white vote? Because that's the majority of the country. I guess they take for granted that most of these imbecile liberals are white. Well, the white male is at the bottom of the barrel. No question. No, no need to worry about him or care what he thinks. No. And they're in for a rude awakening because their their steady base of votes from the black community is evaporating. The Hispanic community, we saw it evaporate under Trump. I can only imagine it will be more so this time. Females, I, I tell the, I'll say this about women, the women vote. They always claim that women are against Trump. Well, I know a lot of women, and they're all for Trump. And so... I don't know where they get this stuff, but if if a woman is against Donald Trump based on policy, that that's an idiot. If she's against Donald Trump for personal reasons that she doesn't like him, that's an idiot. Why you would be against Trump is beyond my comprehension based on what he did for the country. When he first ran, I thought it was a joke. But once he got in and did what he did, now we find out 
that the way to vote, in my opinion, for the rest of my life is vote for a businessman or a businesswoman. I'll never vote for a politician again. Well, I think this is maybe out of left field, but I think 50 years from now, men will be limited to the trades and uh, jobs like electricians, and, and women will control all the professional jobs. I don't think that prediction is far off. And, and that's that's their goal, the far left. They want white men out of there. Uh, they despise men. So. Well, I mean, you heard Warnock. I won't be around, though. No, you heard Warnock say when I played that clip earlier. America needs to apologize for the white worship. <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? I'm telling you. No, I'm, I'm. you know what? I, I've said this, Ron, and I, I mean it. I now understand why elderly people are prepared to die, and they're not sad about it. Oh, I was thinking that same thing. I won't be around for some of this nonsense. Yeah, I won't see it. Sad that our children and our grandchildren will see it, but we won't. And I can thank God for that. Because I wouldn't want to be a I would would you want to be a teenager right now? Not, not at all. Not not, a, not for a minute. Not for a minute. Can you imagine trying to have fun yeah. in school? Trying to pull a prank off or something, do something fun, tease somebody, get teased. Doesn't even happen. They're all step for children. I was sitting outside handing out Halloween candy last night and some of these boys came up and I just thought to myself you guys really don't know what's coming, do you? No, they don't. <laughs> the highlight of their life is getting that Halloween candy. Yep. It's going to be the happiest they'll ever be. They'll probably go out and marry some woke woman who will destroy and torture them for the rest of their lives. <laughs> All the women hate me now. But, it, no, it's just the description of the future that you're painting is an accurate one, and it's a sad one. Um. Before I go, Kevin, I've I've never gotten a carpe diem from you, so I was, was wondering if you could send me off with one. Carpe diem to Ron, who makes way too much sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Good talking to you. Thanks, Ron. See you, bye. Appreciate it. Bye-bye now. That's great points. Have you ever heard anyone say, well, man, what is that going to mean for the white vote or the male vote? No one cares. The media has elevated different classes, different races, to a, to a voting importance level that isn't merited by the number of those people. It's just a fact of life. It's not me wanting it so. It's not me caring what's one way or the other. It's the truth. That was one of the best points I've ever heard made. No one ever asked that question. What about the male vote or the white person's vote. Good morning, Dave. How are you? <laughs> Excuse me. Kevin, good morning. I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Doing great. I tell you, I tell you what, uh, well, that's a tough call to follow up because, uh, first of all, Ron, first to you and your daughter, um, I, it took, took my wind away. It took the breath away from me whenever you said that. So, uh, oh, that's so continue sad. prayers to, to you and your daughter. Um, uh, Hey, Kevin, I don't remember. It was early this morning, so you weren't on, so I wasn't cheating on you. Uh, Better I watch it. What sh- <laughs> I don't remember what show I was on, but they played, quote, air quote, an influencer. I don't remember if it was from TikTok or YouTube or FU or FO or from whatever it was. I, anyway, need to, I need to learn how to become an influencer. That must be the greatest job going. Well, 
well, Kevin, you've already done it. They just haven't given you the label. However, you have a better label. Well, they haven't given me the money either. I want the money well, that some of these influencers, <laughs> of these 18-year-olds making four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 a year being an influencer. What? Well, you know, the only thing they've influenced me is not to listen to them. Well, the problem I have versus the 18-year-old girl is I can't put pictures of myself on Instagram half-naked to, to gain enough looks that people will consider you an influencer. But what a, what a do- cottage industry that is. Just do like everybody else. Steal somebody else's picture and put it up there. There you go. I'm Kavina. <laughs> hey, so so this uh, this young black BLMist influencer wants all white people to buy tickets to Black Panther. First of all, I didn't see the first Black Panther. I'm not going to see the second Black Panther. I haven't seen any Marvel movies since they got Wolf. I used to like them. Okay, I'm done. So you've you've so, got to start though with the premise. Who in the F do you think you are to demand a race of people see something so bigoted and so racist that it would make your head spin? Who do you think you are to tell me that I need to see anything? Well, it's funny. Here, here's, here's what she said. She said she wants all white people to purchase tickets, give them to black people so they can go in and enjoy the movie while the white people stay out to keep the black people safe. And I thought, well, first of all, uh, the last time I actually went into a movie theater was for the, the first prequel, Star Trek. Uh, if, and luckily, I, nobody was in there running their pie hole. But usually if I want to watch a movie, I watch one. But I'm thinking, you racist bitch. Now, if they released a quote, an all-white movie, and someone said that, First of all, you can't offend me. You can't offend you. I don't care what you say because you don't matter to me. But I, I'm thinking to myself, why doesn't somebody respond to her with a big F you? Well, first of all, there, there's no such thing as an all-white movie, so you'll never have to worry about that happening. It happened back in the day, I'm sure, but it doesn't happen now. I just want to simply be entertained. I don't care who's in the movie. If you entertain me, I'll watch it. If I again, I used to I used to never miss anything with De Niro in it. Now, guess what? I watch. I don't watch anything with De Niro in it, even if it's you know, got Al Pacino in it. Back I in my days watch. of innocence, before I realized what these people were all about, you'd go see a movie and you wouldn't uh, notice the hidden political message. Now, when I watch that same movie on uh, the movie classics or, or the Turner Channel, I say, "Oh my God, they've been doing this for a long time in these movies." I just didn't notice it because we weren't talking about it as much back then. We didn't have 24-7 cable operations. But now you see it, and it's in everything Hollywood's ever done. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I I hope, uh, I forgot the previous caller's name, uh, Brainlock. Ron. Uh, Ron, I, I hope Ron is incorrect. I'm just going to say this about my son. My son is a 22-year-old manly man. His two years of junior hockey, while he was a talented, skilled defenseman who could play hockey, he was also a guy who would drop the gloves in a minute and got into his fair share of fights in junior hockey. However, he was also smart enough to know that, you know what, while you do that on the ice, you got to be a gentleman. So so thank God to his, his mother, uh, he was raised properly. The point I'm making is he's, he's still a manly man 
who has a sensitive side, like I think we all do. I'm sorry, we're just not going to be a bunch of wussy and flowers like they want. No, but his future is going to be in a country that is not the country that you raised him in. And that's the sad part. That's the sad reality. You can't raise your children anymore like we were raised because the country isn't the same country. Kevin, I wish I could say you're wrong, but unfortunately, I think you're right. I, I, well, the I evidence is overwhelming. The, I pray every day that November 8th, the election goes the way we need it to be. And I, I hope 2024, President Trump sworn in. I think that's the only thing that's going to save us, my friend. Well, it is the only thing that's going to save us, or, or someone like him. If he doesn't run, Ron DeSantis or someone of that ilk. All right, Dave, good stuff. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Yeah, it's a scary, scary, scary time we're in. But here's something that's not scary. Health insurance. And you say, wait a minute, that is scary. You're right if you have Obamacare. It is very scary. But I've got a man who can help you with your health insurance. His name is Jordan Krugman. He does my health insurance, family, friends, listeners. Everyone's been happy with him. 2023 open enrollment begins today, and it runs through January 15th. A great time to look at all the options out there that are available to you. There's a lot of alternatives that you may not even know about. We don't live in the insurance business. How would we know about it? But Jordan Krugman does know. 314-602-4055. 314-602-4055. You can call him. He's also online, thehealthinsuranceguy.net, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Now, he has health insurance programs for everyone. If you're not Medicare age, he has all kinds of different plans in all kinds of areas. He's never going to charge you a broker fee. He is a broker. But as a broker, that means he's not beholden to one insurance agency. He can put your plan together for you, the tailor tailor made for your needs, and then shop it around, get you the best deal with the best coverage. That's how it works. Major medical, life, dental, vision, cancer plans, accident plans. He's an advocate for you, whether you're an individual, a family, or a small business. He saved tons of money for small businesses, thousands of dollars, tens of thousands, and has provided better coverage. You want to keep your top employee there? Someone's courting him away or her away with a better benefits package? You better call Jordan, and you better call him right away. 314-602-4055. If you're 64 and a half or thereabouts, you're getting all kinds of mail in your mailbox inundated from sales companies, or excuse me, from insurance companies and their sales brochures. You won't even know what it means. It's confusing. Medicare is confusing. It's run by the government. So the best thing to do is put it all down, throw it away, and call Jordan. He has a bunch of uh, plans and he can help you with Medicare supplements, Advantage plans, Part D drug plans. A lot of his Advantage plans have a zero deductible. Zero, I said. Lots of extras included, including gym memberships, hearing aids. It's pretty nice, isn't it? But again, remember, this is a guy that's your advocate. Never any broker fees. Now, he's licensed in 24 states, including Missouri and Illinois. 
And all you have to do is give him a call because he can help you out virtually. You don't have to leave your house. 314-602-4055, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Pretty simple. Doesn't get any simpler, actually. All right. uh, It's frustrating. But you know what's good? We have an election, and it's coming up. It's right around the corner. So we can't get despondent at this point. We have to understand that here it comes. The big red wave, courtesy of the red, white, and blue. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see your glory flying. There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army, we lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of
We welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you on this Tuesday morning. Sun is shining brightly. It's supposed to get up into the 70s in the Midwest today. Yeah, I said it right, 70s. I don't like that, but I can't do anything about it, can I? I'm not God. But our phone lines are open for you. Just as God would have you speak to him, we'll have you speak to us right here. You can speak to the whole audience. All you have to do is call 636-538-0746. Any of the topics we've discussed today. Here's something that should bother everybody in this country. We've talked a lot about censorship over the past, what, a year, two years, even more than that, because back when Donald Trump was president, they were censoring him and us. But there is no greater censorship than when you censor the opinions of a doctor. Now, you can censor my opinion, and it probably won't have any effect on anybody in the world. But you censor doctors who are giving us, as potential patients, advice based on medical data, based on studies that they've observed, and then you censor them? That's criminal. And yet it's going on. It's happening even as we speak right this second. And where is it happening? You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough on this show, haven't you? He's one of the most respected doctors in the world. He's a top cardiologist and epidemiologist, a brilliant man. He is having his medical license revoked for speaking the truth about COVID vaccines and how dangerous they are. He testified to the Senate Committee on Homeland Security back in November of 2020. He's Listen to this resume. Vice Chief of Internal Medicine at Baylor University Medical Center, a professor at Texas A&M University, editor-in-chief of the journals, reviews, in cardiovascular medicine and cardiorenal medicine. He's an advocate for early COVID treatment that includes hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. He's been right about everything he said during this corrupt pandemic. Everything. He's one of the first doctors who sounded the alarm on these vaccines, explained why they all make the dangerous Wuhan spike protein. Now, remember his warning to pregnant women, women of childbearing years, children, healthy people under 50, do not get that injection. Everything he said was right. He should be getting, I should be telling you, that he's getting all kinds of awards. But instead I'm telling you that the people are taking away, the medical board is taking away his license. He's been terminated now as the editor-in-chief of cardiorenal medicine and reviews in cardiovascular medicine. All of his medical credentials have been stripped by the medical boards. Can you imagine this? <laughs> Where are we headed when a doctor can't have a contrary view to what the politicians believe. And I include Fauci as a politician because that's what he is. But they're taking away his license to practice medicine. 
Now, I don't know if the medical field with regard to their license is similar to the legal field, but in law, you can't practice law without a law license. But that doesn't mean you can't go give speeches about your perceptions of the law. So I would assume that Dr. McCullough can give speeches regarding the COVID vaccine and its dangers. And it doesn't mean he can't write a book. Certainly he can't. All he needs is a publisher. But publishers, remember, are big in the censorship business. So this is where we've come. Wow. It gets worse. Well, I wouldn't say worse. But just as bad. You remember 2,000 Mules, right? True the Vote was the group that worked with Dinesh D'Souza to put that out. They're the ones who set up all of the technology, all of the observations, drop boxes all through the nights. Well, at uh, 8 o'clock, excuse me, 9 o'clock yesterday morning, a federal judge in Houston, Texas, is sending through the votes Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips to prison with a million-dollar fine. It's a civil case for defamation brought by Connick Incorporated and its embattled CEO, Eugene Yu. Yu was arrested, and Connick has been revealed as a Chinese spying operation. The crime expected to put Engelbrecht and Phillips to prison is source confidentiality. Here's what Phillips wrote on a Truth Social post. We have refused to name the third person in the room when confronted with the Connick-China connection. The sad thing is the person's inconsequential. He's just a coward. It makes me sad because he is a friend of both Catherine and me. Prison time and a million-dollar fine for protecting a source that doesn't want to be protected. Prison time. Now, do you suppose if these two did a documentary on how the 2020 election was perfectly run without any illegalities at all, that they'd be going to prison? No. They're political enemies of the state. You and I are political enemies of the state. This is about as scary as it gets. We'll keep an eye on that story for you. But as of now, I would assume they're in jail. That's crazy. Crazy. No crazier than the media reporting that the attacker of Paul Pelosi was a Trump supporter. When his girlfriend said very clearly, not only was he not a MAGA member, he didn't support the insurrection and was never a Republican. But he was a known nudist activist who was a progressive, according to his ex-girlfriend. And of course he was medically, or excuse me, mentally ill. But that doesn't stop them. It doesn't stop the media from telling their lies. Our phone lines are open 636-538-0746. What are your thoughts of Dr. McCullough being stripped of his medical license? Can you believe that? I remember Dr. Rick telling me during the pandemic that he had to be very careful. And he couldn't prescribe ivermectin because the powers that be at the medical boards in the state of Missouri would have stripped him of his license. 
even though he believed, based on the data that Dr. McCullough also believed, through the studies that were done, that ivermectin was extremely effective in knocking COVID out. If you remember the cocktail of drugs that Donald Trump took when he was in the hospital included hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, and he was better lickety-split. And from all accounts, he had a bad case. Now, the president, Donald Trump, says he was vaccinated. I hope he wasn't. I hope it's the only time he's telling us a lie. But I know the pressure must have been intense for him to get vaccinated because the lies had been told to him that this was a pandemic and that this was going on and it's going to kill people, even though it killed very few directly. And the pressure had to be to get this vaccine out. He did it in record time. The liberals were claiming that it saved lives, that you couldn't get infected if you took the vaccine, and that you couldn't infect others. We now know that to be a complete lie. So all of the drug companies, the big pharma, lied to President Trump, telling him that this warp speed vaccine that they developed was the end-all cure-all of this virus, and it would protect people from being infected and protect others from being infected by them. Well, they wouldn't have to worry about being infected since they took the shot. So did Big Pharma lie all along? You can bet your ass they did. There is no reporting done as to how many gazillions of dollars Big Pharma made off of this. I don't know. I have no idea. But it wasn't pocket change. Suffice it to say, it would make your house payment. Why don't we know how much they made off of this? We need to we need to know what they said to President Trump in order to get him to go along with their vaccination. It's not even a vaccination with their experimental drug shot. And you say, well, why doesn't Donald Trump reveal it? Well, it's toxic for him. If Donald Trump says anything negative against this warp speed vaccine, then they'll use it against him. And he knows that. But how many millions, well, probably billions of dollars did Moderna and the rest of them make? And that they never told you the truth. They lied to you. You've got Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, has had five boosters. She just got diagnosed with COVID. Now, I suppose as soon as she's better, she'll go out and have a sixth one because she's illiterate. But if you want the skinny on all of this, it's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in his book. I always talk about never being satisfied as an American citizen until I see some of these people going to jail. Comey, Clapper, all of them, that whole group, which includes Hillary Clinton, Obama, Biden, all of the Bidens, their entire family, Schiff, Schumer, Nerdler, Pelosi. But I also would add to that list Fauci. Fauci belongs in jail. 
he belongs sued in court by every family member who had a a sibling or a son or a daughter die as a result of taking that vaccine. I hope and pray that every one of them sues Fauci. Now, he'll somehow claim sovereign immunity since he works for the government, but I don't think that would fly. But you'd have to prove that what he told you was a lie. That's not hard to prove now. We have the evidence. Incredible stuff, isn't it? It's extremely incredible. But he needs to be sued. And Dr. McCullough needs to be reinstated immediately. Immediately. How can we call this a country that believes in right and wrong and fairness and abides by the Judeo-Christian principles it was founded on when you have a man in losing his medical license for telling the truth, not just for having a difference of opinion, which, by the way, would be fine as well. I'm sure that every doctor who looks at uh, studies doesn't come to the exact same conclusion, even though they're looking at the same things. And that's perfectly fine. That's how we make progress. We have to listen to both of them. But not in this country. In this country now, you can't listen to those who have a dissenting view. It's no longer allowed. It's no longer permitted. Dr. McCullough has discovered that the hard way. I couldn't believe that story when I read it. We all know what it takes to go through medical school. It's not an easy journey. I laughingly tell the story when I was in law school that I went into the bookstore to get my books for the semester. And I thought, well, I'm going to take a look at the medical books. And I walked over there, opened one of them up, looked at it, and said to myself, my God, I could have never gotten through medical school. These people are brilliant, hardworking, because it takes an ungodly effort to get through medical school. As one doctor, a friend of mine, told my son when he was in high school, he said, while all of the other guys my age in school were down hanging out with the women on the beach, he went to school at the University of Miami, I was in my dorm room studying. And that's how you get through medical school. All of that work, all of that study, and some group of woke activists calling themselves the medical board are stealing the medical license of Peter McCullough. Imagine that. In this country, this isn't happening in Moscow. It isn't happening in Beijing. It isn't happening in North Korea. It isn't even happening in Germany. It's happening here. Now, we would have to be naive to believe that Dr. McCullough will be the last. He's just the first. Any doctor, Dr. Budachara, Dr. Harvey Risch, any of them who spoke out, the frontline doctors who've been attacked viciously ever since they came forward, all of those doctors are at risk now of losing their medical license. The frontline doctors took care of me when I got it the second time. I called them because I wanted ivermectin, and they got it for me. They prescribed it. 
And I was able to take that prescription to a local pharmacist who made it for me. I was better so fast. Symptoms were gone. I've told that story before. My point in telling it again and retelling it is that these frontline doctors saved people's lives. They didn't save my life. I certainly wasn't close to dying. I didn't have the comorbidities. But had I had the comorbidities that might kill me in combination with anything that hurts your lungs, say you have lung cancer, you're going to die anyway. But it might be expedited if you got COVID. But these people bucked conventional wisdom, bucked the government, said F you to Fauci, and saved a lot of people, not from necessarily losing their life, but the discomfort and the illness, and in some cases prolonged illness that COVID caused. I know a friend of mine down in Houston. She had, she had, she has bad lungs. The only way to describe it. And so when she got it, it was exacerbated badly, dangerously, almost died. In fact, I'll be honest with you, from what she and her husband have told me, if it wasn't for the Astros owner, Jim Crane, making arrangements to fly her on his plane to the Baylor Medical Center and get the proper doctor involved, she wouldn't have gotten through it. So we know that some people have that kind of a comorbidity. Why wasn't the medical community all in on everything that might work, that has been shown to work through data? Why not? As we've told you before, ivermectin wasn't very expensive, so the big drug companies couldn't make a lot of money off of it. That's who's running your life in in terms of health. Criminals in big pharma and criminal politicians who take bribes from them. And criminal criminal medical boards who take the the medical license of a doctor who's trying to help people. You still love this country? I don't. This country is still better than all the other ones, which says nothing for the rest of the world. That's how pathetic they are. But I have no love for this country anymore. The people have ruined it. And so I can't possibly have love for the country. I have love and admiration for the people who've served in our military and protected our rights in this country, but we don't have those rights anymore. All these people that have gone before us and died for us, they've taken that away. There's nothing to love about this country until these people are removed from any mechanism of power. This is not a country to be admired. It's not a country to be respected. It's a dictatorship of corrupt bastards that stole elections. That's what this country is. And on that note, we'll head to tomorrow. As I told you, I wouldn't be in tomorrow because I'm having a a small medical procedure. There's nothing to be worried about. But um, we're going to do that tomorrow. So we'll be back fighting the good fight for you on Thursday morning right here in the Window World King's Court. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.